What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's Golden Boy, Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 296, episode 296 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. This episode here, Summer Slam Recap. Now, for those of y'all that don't know, yes, I am a huge, huge wrestling fan. Well, sports entertainment fan. And if you check the archives, there will be some episodes where I will give, you know, pay-per-view predictions and shit like that, right? I only really do it for the major pay-per-view events, like the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, because those are the four cornerstone pay-per-view events for WWE, one for each season, right? Royal Rumble is first quarter. WrestleMania is second season. Or you can say second season. SummerSlam third, which is the summer. And then Survivor Series is the fourth. I tried to do a prediction for SummerSlam, but I was just so busy that I couldn't do a prediction episode. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do a recap one. But I will say this, though. All my predictions were right. Each match that took place on this card, the person that I picked to win won. Now, I will admit, the Ricochet and Logan Paul, I wanted Ricochet to win. I wanted him to win. But deep down, I knew he wasn't going to win. I knew Logan Paul was going to get the was going to get the win and he did. So why not start with that because that was actually the match that started the pay-per-view event. And I'm not mad at it either. It was a very it was a very it was a very uh how can I say it? It was a very interesting match. Very interesting match. Obviously, we knew Logan Paul was going to win. Um I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's been a part of WWE since, I forgot which WrestleMania it was. I think he was a teammate of The Miz. I think he won the tag match. Miz turned on him. Then he had a singles match against Roman Reigns. He lost that. And I think he had another singles match and lost that. Yes, he lost to Seth Rollins. At Mania earlier this year. So, in singles competition, he hasn't won yet, right? It's clear to say he needed a win for this, right? I wasn't surprised that he got the win. I wasn't surprised. It was a, it was a very good match, him and Ricochet. Obviously, they got amazing chemistry. We all remember the across-the-ring clothesline 
that they gave each other in the air at the Royal Rumble. So I'm kind of glad that they actually piggybacked off of that because from seeing that in real time, it's like, yo, these two might have some amazing chemistry in the ring. The promos have been good leading up to the match. And listen, I eventually knew that Raw ring announcer Samantha Irvin. Mm, 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 mm. That is a fine sister right there. Ricochet, you are one lucky man. I knew she was somehow going to get caught up in this match. I knew she was going to get brought up one way or the other. And last Monday on Raw, I remember Logan Paul giving his promo with Ricochet in the ring. And he looked at Samantha Irvin and was like that how... He can't wait to, at the end of the match, you being his girlfriend would have to declare me the winner. Now, me personally, if this was the Attitude Era, I would have loved for him to say it's going to be fitting that at the end of this match, instead of saying his name, you're going to be shouting my name. See, that would have been, see, if this was the Attitude Era, he might have could have said that and got away with it. But see, now in this PG era, you know, he got to give, you know, a PG, you know, type answer. You know what I'm saying? But needless to say, again, good match. And again, like I said, I knew Logan Paul was going to win. And obviously, him being a heel, he was going to have to cheat to win. And that's exactly what happened. You know, one of his mans brought in some brass knuckles. And he knocked out Ricochet and... He won the match one, two, three, and then of course Samantha Irvin had to do what I'm quite sure she regretted, and that was declaring Logan Paul the winner of the match. So, bam, one and zero. And on top of that, I wasn't surprised that that was the first match, and the reason I wasn't surprised was because you had two Pauls fighting that night. You had Logan Paul. In his, in his match with Ricochet. And then you had his brother, I think, going up against Nate Diaz. So I guess WWE made it their business to accommodate him to make sure that his match would be early. So then that way, as soon as the match is over, he could just leave the stadium, get on his jet, and then be there for his brother for his fight. So that was very commendable of them for doing that. But they've done that in the past. Like, what was it, a few years ago at Mania, I think Brock and Seth Rollins opened. And the reason why that was the case was because I think Brock was getting ready to announce that he was going back to UFC or some shit like that. I forgot what it was, but that's why that match was the first match of the event. But uh, I digress. Speaking of Brock Lesnar... The next match that was on the card was Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar, part three. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, this whole little rivalry thing started after Mania. The night after Mania. Uh, Brock and Cody were supposed to be tag partners against, I think, Roman Reigns and I think Solo, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think it was against Solo. And then Brock turned on him, which started this feud. 
Brock, I mean, Cody won the first match. Brock won the second match. And now we get to SummerSlam. Honestly, I had no idea who I thought was going to win the match. But towards probably a day or two before the match, I said to myself, Cody was going to win. Because, again, they have, they have to keep Cody strong just in case he winds up going up against Roman in the rematch for Mania. So they got to keep him strong. They can't have him losing. And if he was to lose, it would have to be on some like the shit with Brock Lesnar. He lost due to falling out, passing out. He didn't tap out. He, he passed out. So he's still somewhat strong. Brock, I mean, at the end of the day, Brock is going to be Brock. So he'll never be weak. But uh, this was a good match. You know, Brock was squashing him at first. You know, Suplex City, shit like that. Cody gained his momentum. Brock had a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, but uh, good thing nothing was exposed, okay? It's not like when the women have their malfunctions and you might see a nip. Uh, you might see a little, you know, titty come out. I forgot who it was a few years ago. They had a malfunction where you saw, you know, that thing down there. I, for, I forgot who the female was. If anybody is listening to this, if you can remember, please let me know. Please, please let me know. I forgot who it was. I really forgot who it was. But again, back to the match. Don't match. Not going to lie. Don't match. But I could have swore this was a no disqualification match. I mean, no, I could have swore this was just a regular match. This wasn't a no holds barred. It wasn't a no disqualification. But what happened in the match was Cody Rose hit Brock Lesnar with the steel stair, the stair steps. And Brock did, and, and Cody didn't get disqualified. The match kept going on. But what I did love about the match was the end of the match. Major respect. Brock basically took his gloves off as if, as if he was getting ready to get down and dirty with Cody Rose after losing, being a sore loser. But what he really was doing was to shake his hand and put his arm in the air and show that sign of respect. So that's what wound up happening at the end of the match. So basically, Brock basically co-signed Cody Rhodes. And we don't really see that from Brock. We don't. Now, we might see him laughing here and there when he's a face. We see the, you know, like we see like the little camera videos from a fan when he breaks character at the end of the match where... He'll put his cowboy hat on a baby or shit like that. We've seen that from Brock, right? We never really seen him co-sign a superstar after a match. And it was dope to see that, 
you know, towards the at the end of this match. So there you go. Now I'm two and zero. I had Cody winning, and he won. Next we get to the battle royal. Now I'm not even gonna lie to you. When the battle royal was announced, I said it should be only one person that wins this match. And that would be L.A. Knight. Yeah! He's the only person that I felt should win that match. Nobody else. Not The Miz. Not Omos. Not Nakamura. Not Bronson Reed. None of them. L.A. Knight. And I was right. WWE got it right. Now, usually... These battle royals, you would think the person that wins the battle royal, they ascend, right? Some of these battle royals have been a waste. Remember the whole Andre the Giant battle royal? That shit was a waste. But see, this one I don't think is going to be a waste. And the reason being is because he's so popular when it comes to the fans, who knows? This just might turn into something with L.A. Knight. It was reported before SummerSlam that he surpassed Roman Reigns as far as merch goes. He's the leading merch superstar in WWE. L.A. Knight. He's way over with the fans. His promo skills are top notch. So for this battle royal, I say they got it right. The right guy won. And again, I picked him. So now I'm 3-0. So for the three matches so far, I picked Logan Paul to win. I got that right. I got Cody Rhodes over Brock Lesnar. I got that right. The battle royal, I said LA Knight was going to win. I got that right. So now we get to the fourth match. Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Now, for everybody that knows me, knows I am not a fan of Ronda Rousey. In WWE, I'm not a fan. I respect what she's done in the UFC. See, when she was in the UFC, you could say she was the baddest woman on the planet. That was until Holly Holmes put the beats on her, and that was until Amanda Nunez put the beats on her. She didn't come to WWE. Now, yes, I, I believe she's had two title runs. Both of them was to shit. Her promo skills are horrible. She can't talk for shit. Her in-ring performance is horrible. It's very cringeworthy. And for some reason, WWE keeps trying to shove her down our throats. And it's gotten to the point that we are fed up. You now bring in Shayna Baszler, who for all intended purposes, I love me some Shayna Baszler. There was a time that I thought she should have had at least one title run since she was on the main roster. And it was before the pandemic. She was supposed to have like a, a feud with Becky Lynch. I think at that time, they should have dropped the title from Becky Lynch and put it on Shayna Baszler. That's just my opinion. 
And for whatever the reason may be, she's been lost in the shuffle. Singles competitor, lost in the shuffle. Tag partner, lost in the shuffle. Then they pair her up with Ronda. They win the tag titles. Surprisingly so, she turns on Ronda. So now Shayna's a babyface now. Which led to this match at SummerSlam. Which I think they was trying to do that anyway. Me personally, I thought they was actually going to hold off on it until Mania. But I'm glad they did it now. And I'm going to tell you why in a few minutes why I'm glad they did it. Shayna's promo skills. Especially for this match. I'm not talking about any other build up. I'm talking about the build to this with Ronda. I must say it was probably her best promo. She was giving her best promos since she's been in WWE with this storyline with Ronda. And I believe it's because it came from the heart. I don't think nobody wrote these promos for her. I think these came from the heart. And it showed in the match. She damn near got her eyes closed from a knee from Ronda, but... Listen, this match was a waste. Let's just call it what it was. It was a waste. This shit was a bathroom break. You understand what I'm saying? Like, for me, it was a bathroom break. But I still watched it. Because I wanted to see how the match was going to turn out. MMA rules, whatever. But me personally, the right person won. The right person won. Ronda shouldn't have won. Shayna should have won. She needed it more. And she got it. And another reason why I'm glad she got it was because it's being reported that Ronda, that was her last match in WWE. There is a God. God is good all the time. Yes. Ronda is gone from WWE. Yes. Whoo. Thank the good Lord. But I'm happy for Shayna Baszler. Hopefully this leads into something for her. Because she's got amazing talent. Amazing talent. But it's like Ronda said, you know, they was viewing her as the next Ronda. She, they was, she was basically riding Ronda's coattails, basically. But now that Ronda is gone, let's see what happens with Shayna Baszler. Now let's get to the title matches. At SummerSlam. And let's get to the first one. The Intercontinental title match with Gunther and Drew McIntyre. This had the potential to be match of the night. Or one of the matches of the night. The chemistry that these two have in the ring are amazing. Now we all remember... The Chop Fest at Mania earlier this year. But see, that was a triple threat match. It was Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. After the match, Drew McIntyre takes some time off. It was being reported that he wasn't happy with the direction that WWE was taking him. So he was taking time off. Gunther racks up all these wins. I believe the last pay-per-view event was, I think, Money in the Bank. 
Drew McIntyre makes his return, declares he wants a match with Gunther for the IC match at SummerSlam. And it delivered. It for sure delivered. Now, the ending I had a problem with, but I'm not going to lie. I was impressed with the match. Very much impressed. Both of these guys are amazing performers. Listen, Gunther, he's the ring general. So you know he's going to put on the show. Now, the ending I didn't like, but again, the guy I wanted to win won. And I love me some Drew McIntyre. But I just think that Gunther has done so great with the Intercontinental title that me personally, I think he's a month away from breaking Honky Talk's man, Honky Talk Man record for the longest stint. Break that shit. That's why I was rooting for him to win. Because I want him to break that record. I don't give two fucks about no Honky Talk Man. So if Gunther could break that record and be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champ in history, by all means, go for it. And I think he's going to break it. Because I don't see him dropping the title to Chad Gable on Raw or some shit like that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that. So I could definitely see Gunther breaking the record. So I'm all for it. Next, we got Seth freaking Rollins against Finn Balor for the world heavyweight title. Seven years in the making. Well, not really seven. Well, yeah, seven years in the making. But again, these two fought at Money in the Bank. But it's fitting that they fought again at SummerSlam because, again, seven years. Seven years. Since Seth Rollins, I mean, I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but he accidentally injured Finn Balor to where Finn Balor won the match, won the Universal Championship, and then the next night on Raw had to relinquish it because he was going to be out for a few months. We now have this rematch at this year's SummerSlam. Dope match, but... We knew two things was going to be for certain. We knew Damian Priest was going to somehow get involved one way or the other. And we also knew that the rest of the Judgment Day was going to get involved some way, somehow. And that would be Rhea Ripley and Dominique Mysterio. Dirty Dom is what they call him, right? So we knew those two things was going to happen. And once again... Their plan backfired. Damian Priest was trying to give Finn Balor his briefcase so he can use it to beat Seth Rollins to win the belt. Finn Balor didn't want it. He wanted to do it his way. Damian Priest said, you know what? I'm going to give it to you anyway. But let's get the ref to be confused. Let's disturb the ref so that way I can throw the briefcase in the ring. Seth Rollins was ahead of the game. Again, he's a revolutionary. He's a visionary. He's all these things, right? He's an architect. He's all these things. So he was two steps ahead of him. Curve stomp Finn Balor on the briefcase. Ref turns around, got the count. One, two, three. There you have it. So Seth Rollins is still... 
the world heavyweight champion, which I have no problem with. But I'm not going to lie to you, though. Even though I picked Seth to win, I wouldn't have been mad if Finn would have won. Because then if he would have won, then for all intended purposes, who knows, Damian Priest might have cashed in his money in the bank on his fellow Judgment Day partner, Finn Balor. Who knows? But I'm okay with Seth Rollins still being the champ. I'm okay with it. And now that it's about to turn into a Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura storyline, I'm very much all for it. So again, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm now six and oh with my predictions. We now get into the Women's Undisputed Championship. And that would be Asuka defending her championship against Charlotte and Bianca Belair. Now, again, I said this before the match even started. I wrote it on my Facebook page. I said, I am okay with this result as long as Charlotte doesn't win. How many times is this woman going to win a championship? Now, I get it. She's one of the top female superstars in the business. Fuck WWE in the business, period. But she don't need to keep having these title runs. The title run don't make her. Like she, like, like she has the cachet to where she don't need no title. Her name alone does it for us. You understand what I'm saying? But for whatever the reason may be, they feel the need to throw this title on her. So I was okay with the result regardless, as long as she didn't win. Now, me personally... When Bianca lost her title against Asuka, I felt it was time for her to lose. I felt that her title run was starting to become stale and we needed a new champion. They gave it to Asuka. I was okay for that. Then we get some money in the bank and EO Sky wins the money in the bank. So she becomes Miss Money in the Bank. And again, I wrote this on my Facebook page. I said, I am okay for the result of this match as long as Charlotte don't win. But I will also be okay with it if EO Sky cashes in her money in the bank. And that's exactly what happened. But before I get into that, let's talk about the match. I was impressed with the match. I was very much impressed with the triple threat match. Me personally, I want to see Charlotte and Bianca one-on-one, -on -one, not in a triple threat but obviously they had some good chemistry, right? Oscar, you know, Oscar's all over the place, but I love Oscar. I love me some Oscar. She's one of the best strikers in the game. I love me some Oscar. There was a situation in the match where Bianca got hurt. Now, me personally, I thought she was really hurt. But she sold that shit to a T. I really thought she was hurt. Like I really really thought she was hurt. So I'm thinking, "All right, cool." Oscar Charlotte now. So I'm like, damn, Charlotte gonna win. Charlotte's gonna win. That was my initial moment where I'm like, damn. 
Charlotte's going to win. Charlotte's going to win. They try to take Bianca out. She comes back. So I say to myself, okay, she's not legit hurt. She's coming back. So my prediction is going to be right. Bianca's going to win. Bianca's going to win. Charlotte has Bianca and the figure eight. Oscar then spits in Charlotte's face that miss that green miss shit that she does. And then Bianca gets the pin. One, two, three. Bianca wins the title. And within six to ten seconds, EO Sky music comes on. Her and Bailey runs to the ring. EO Sky says she's cashing in her money in the bank, which was smart because Bianca was not 100%. Now, we all remember, I think it was 10 years ago when Dolph Ziggler cashed in his money in the bank. The same thing. Alberto Del Rio had a match. He wasn't 100%. He won the match. Dolph said, you know what? This is the time I'm cashing in. I'm going to cash in while you hurt. And I'm going to win. One, two, three. And that's exactly what EO Sky did. She came in the ring, took the briefcase, started beating Bianca's leg with it. Bianca was on the floor. EO Sky went to the, jumped on the top rope and high fly like she do. One, two, three. And I was on cloud nine. I was very much happy for EO Sky because I've been following her since her NXT days. And listen, let's be real. There have been some superstars that did their absolute thing in NXT. But for some reason, when they made the transition to the main roster, they got lost in the shuffle. Now, I love damage control. Love damage control. Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky. Now, I know some people felt like they've run its course. Me, I don't. I, I, I love the run that the damage control has had. It's unfortunate that Dakota Kai is out right now and it's just Bailey and EO Sky, but I'm very much invested in it now because. Now that EO Sky has won the championship, she won the money in the bank. Bailey basically turned on her in the match. And somehow they're still a part of damage control. Something tells me along the line we're going to get Bailey and EO Sky in a match. Eventually, Bailey is going to turn on her. It's just a matter of when. But eventually that's going to happen. But again, I'm happy for EO Sky because she deserves it. She very much deserves it. And she's over with the crowd right now. She is definitely a fan favorite. So you got to strike while the pot is hot. You know, when the Money in the Bank match took place, I had two people that I wanted to win. I wanted either her to win or I wanted Zelina Vega to win. I would have been okay with either one of them winning. But deep down, I wanted EO to win. 
because I felt that she truly, truly deserved it. And again, with the crowd's reaction to her winning money in the bank, to the crowd's reaction to her running to that ring to cash in that money in the bank, to the crowd's reaction to when she won the pinfall, one, two, three, and the way the crowd was at awe of her winning tells you that they made the right decision by putting the title on her. So congratulations to EO Sky. I'm very much happy for her. Very much happy for her. That's my shout out for, the, for, that, for that matter. I'm shouting her out. Congratulations. And now we get to the main event. Tribal combat. The Tribal Chief Roman Reigns against main event Jay Uso. Let me tell you something. Out of all my predictions, I got this one right to the T. And the reason I got it right to the T was because not only did I say Roman was going to win, I knew what the outcome was going to be. The outcome was going to be somebody interfering in the match and costing main event Jay the victory. And the person that was going to cost him was the person that I said was going to cross him. And that would be his own turn. That would be his own twin brother, Jimmy Uso. Now, remember, the Usos turned on Roman not too long ago. They turned on him when they went to India. Well, Jay, Jimmy turned on Roman. Jay didn't know what he was doing at the point, at that point. Then a few smackdowns later, you know, he turned on Roman. Then at Money in the Bank, it was the Usos against Roman and Solo. The Usos won. That next smackdown, Roman and Uso take out Jimmy Uso. Injure him, you can say. Jay Uso says he wants a match with Roman Reigns to avenge what happened to his brother. Immediately when that was announced, as God is my witness, I said Jimmy is going to turn on his brother at SummerSlam. He's going to turn on his brother at SummerSlam. We fast forward to SummerSlam. Don't match for the matter. Very dope match. But again, I'm not surprised. Because these guys have been holding it down for WWE for three years. The bloodline has been holding it down for three years. Just when you thought the storyline was getting boring, just when you thought it was going to end the whole storyline, nope, other things happen. And then we get to this match. And towards the latter end of the match, when it looked like Jay was going to win, Somebody with all black on and a black hoodie pulled him out the ring before the three count. And as soon as they showed who it was, the person's back was turned, so nobody knew who it was at first. I already knew who it was. I already knew who it was. Then when he took the hoodie off, 
and took the mask off, you hear Michael Cole saying, Jimmy, what the hell? Like, Michael Cole selling it to a T. But I already knew. Because I caught it. I caught it. So just, just when we thought that this storyline was getting bland and it needs to stop, nope. It's going to continue now. Because now we're on the verge of getting brother versus brother. Now, a lot of people are complaining about this. Me, personally, I'm not. I'm not. Reason being is because they have said that they wanted to do this. They wanted to have a match with each other. It's just a matter of when they're going to do it. So, if I put on my, my genius hat, I'm assuming that they're going to have this match at WrestleMania this year. Well, next year. I think we're going to get a Uso brother match at Mania. Because, again, Roman looked shocked that Jimmy did this. He looked shocked. Paul Heyman, on the other hand, didn't. So I'm assuming when SmackDown happens on Friday and Jimmy explains why he did it, I'm assuming he's going to say that he didn't do it for Roman. So I'm assuming that they're going to make this into a storyline where Jimmy is jealous of Jay. Because let's be real. Main event Jay became main event Jay when Jimmy got hurt. Remember, it was a few years ago, Jimmy Uso tore his ACL. And when he tore his ACL, that let, J that let Jay be a solo act. He wasn't a tag partner no more. He was starting to ascend on his solo career. And that's when he became main event Jay. So I'm assuming that they're going to piggyback off of that. That's just my opinion. But I'm for it. I'm for it. I love the Usos. They might be my favorite tag team of all time. They might, they, they just might be. Listen, the Attitude Era is my era. So, you know, of course I could say Edge and Christian. I could say the Dudley Boys. I could say New Age Outlaws. I could say the Hardy Boys. But what the Usos have done in these three years has been nothing but amazing. So for that whole greatest tag team of all time, man, listen. If anybody was to say Usos, I ain't going to argue with them. Hell, I might agree with them. So I'm interested to see what this storyline is going to be with Jimmy and Jay. Now that it's being reported that Roman was hurt in the match, and they're saying that he's not supposed to have a match no more for the rest of the year. He's not advertised for no pay-per-view event for the rest of the year. So I'm very much intrigued to see how this shit going to play out now. But like I said, going into this match, I knew two things was going to happen. I knew Solo was going to get involved, which he did. Shit, the match went out into the stands. And I knew Jimmy was going to come back. I, I, I just knew it. I just knew it. So with that being said, if I had to put a grade on SummerSlam from a scale from 1 to 10, if I had to put a grade on this bad boy, I would give it a seven and a half. Give it a seven and a half. I'll, I'll give it a seven and a half. 
Seven and a half. And the reason being is because it was too predictable. Now, yes, I got all my predictions right. Now, as much as I want to brag about having them all right, I wouldn't have mind if I got two losses. I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have mind at all. But, again, I'm a, I'm, I'm a WWE fan, so I'm going to tune in regardless. You understand what I'm saying? But uh, there you have it. There you have it. That's the SummerSlam recap. But before I go, you already know, I got to do the Would You Rather. The new segment that I have instituted in my episodes to end each episode. Would you rather? So here we go. Would you rather? Would you rather fart in the elevator full of strangers or belch loudly while giving an important presentation at work? I'm going to read it again. Would you rather fart in an elevator full of strangers or belch loudly while giving an important presentation at work? This is easy for me. Because I've done it multiple times. A few times. I'd rather fart in the elevator full of strangers. Because see, for me, listen, some of my farts are loud, some of them are silent. But one thing for certain is they are funky. <laughs> listen, I ain't gonna hold you, man. There have been times, and again, I've, do, I've done this before. I've done this before. That's why I'm picking this answer. I've done this before where I've farted in the elevator with strangers in it and act like nothing was ever wrong. Now, obviously, it's a silent one. They didn't hear it, but I know I farted. They just don't know where the smell is coming from, but I know where it came from. So, yeah, I rap, listen, farting... Farting the elevator full of strangers. Absolutely. I'm choosing that one twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday. Fart in the elevator full of strangers. You better believe it. You better believe it. Hell, listen. In my line of work, I do environmental work, right? There's times I fart in the room while I'm cleaning it. Sometimes you just got to let it out. Sometimes you can't hold it. Sometimes you got to let it out. Now, sometimes it's strong as hell, or sometimes you don't smell nothing. Depending on what you ate. Now, if you ate some baked beans, oh, yeah, you definitely going to smell it. If you had some corn, oh, you definitely going to smell it. You definitely going to smell it for sure, for sure. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. But, yeah, would you rather? Oh, yeah, fart in the elevator full of strangers? I'm absolutely going with that answer. <laughs> I am absolutely going with that answer. Now, before I go, I got to give another shout-out. Because for episode 295, I forgot to give out this shout-out. And I really want to give this shout-out. And I forgot, so I'm going to do it on this one. So I already shouted out EO Sky. Because I'm very proud of her being the new uh, women's champion, right? So I have to give another shout-out. And that shout-out will be to Tennessee Titans head coach 
Mike Grable. And the reason why I'm shouting them out is because preseason football is about to start this weekend. Well, actually, it started last weekend when the Jets and the Browns had their Hall of Fame game. You could say preseason football starts this weekend. He is going to allow assistant head coach and defensive line coach Terrell Williams to serve as acting head coach during that game. I think that's I think that's a dope ass gesture that he's doing. He's already the head coach. What I need to coach for? It's preseason. I got this coach here. He's an assistant head coach. Shit. Let him be head coach. Let him gain some attention. Let him gain some experience. Let him gain some exposure. So I'm all for this. I wish other coaches would do it. I know one coach that ain't going to do that. Coach Belichick will never do no shit like that. But that's neither here nor there. Shit, I wish Jerry Jones will allow somebody to be the owner of the Cowboys. Maybe that'll help them do something. But that's neither here nor there. But yes, this is a dope-ass concept by Mike Vrabel by allowing Terrell Williams to serve as acting head coach for their first preseason game. I think that's very dope. So I salute him for that, and I shout him out for that. And with that being said, it is a wrap for this episode. It is time for your boy to go. I am hungry. It is time for your boy to get his grub on, and it is time for your boy to start to enjoy his vacation from work. Understand me. Y'all can find me on all streaming platforms except Tidal. I am on Apple Podcasts, I am on Google Podcasts, I am on Spotify, I'm on iHeartRadio, I'm on Amazon Music. Y'all can find me on Facebook, Dre Day. Y'all can find me on Instagram, Dre Day 1985, or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. And you can also find me on Twitter, Dre Day 1985. So once again, to everybody, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Episode 296 is done. Catch y'all on the flip side. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index an annual financial survey why is that because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector will with american classic agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts with will you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.